Investing is simple, but not easy. Warren Buffett. Welcome to Solving the Financial Puzzle, where we seek to unravel the mysteries of personal finance. Join us as we help you put together the pieces of your own financial puzzle. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle with certified financial planner, Dan Caprell. Hello and welcome to another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. I'm Dan Capril, your host, where each and every week we attempt to take that which many people think is complicated in the world of personal finance and show you, you know, it's really not that complicated after all. If you understand a few basic principles, such as the future is not predictable, it can get very, very easy. And that's what we're here to do for you each and every week on this show. If at any point you want to reach out to me, uh, you can do it a couple of ways. One is to uh, call me, old-fashioned way, area code 513-563-PLAN. That's 513-563-7526. You can also email me, dan at matsonandcapril.com. If at any point in time you you want to listen to past recordings of this show, just go to dancapril.com and you get them all there. While you're there, you might as well subscribe to our weekly e-newsletter that we send out that will give you the latest in in finance, uh, what's going on in the world of personal finance. Okay, so I want to first share with you, I, I just returned recently from Montana. I talked about it on previous shows. I was heading out that way. I go every year. This year, though, I went for two weeks. And me and the group that I hang with, uh, we fly fish. And we knew getting two weeks permission from our spouses could be challenging. So uh, we had a great idea. Why don't you wives come out for week one and we'll do couple stuff. And then week two, we'll, we'll fish. Unfortunately, though, for the wives, it rains like crazy on week one. So they're all of the mindset that Montana is not a place to go. And you know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> but really, it's a beautiful place. You know, it's like everything. It's a little hit or miss on the weather. But I have decided June is not a good month for me. Uh, even though there's some reasons fishing-wise you might want to go out in June, the last two years we've been pretty soggy. So next year we'll be going out in the fall. But if you've never been to Montana, if you like the great outdoors, I strongly recommend you go. We did spend some time up in Glacier National Park. Everywhere you go, you're going to see raw wildlife. Uh, one of your biggest cautions is you got to look out for the moose because the moose are not friendly, especially if they have a calf with them. And they just roam because there's so much wide open space. So be mindful of that. I have yet to see a bear, unfortunately. I actually want to see a bear from afar. But I think I've seen just about everything else that you can see from wildlife. You know, from uh, osprey with uh, trout in their talons, to elk, to bighorn sheep. You just kind of run across it everywhere you go. So very, very cool place in Montana. Uh, we flew into Missoula which is a great city, by the way, and then uh, drove south about an hour and a half, a uh, little town called Phillipsburg, which I've been going now to quite regularly. So just wanted to share that along with you. When you live in an urban environment like I do, I mean, I literally live in downtown Cincinnati to get away from the cement and the high rises and, and be out in the noise and be out there in the middle of nowhere where it's peaceful and it's dark. Very, very cool place. All right, so in this week's Puzzle of the Week, we're going to actually play a little game. And this is a game that was based on an actual research study. Now, here's how the game works. I want you to get a coin out of your pocket. Quarter, doesn't really matter. Now, here's the way the game works. Imagine for a second someone gives you $20. Now, we're going we're gonna to have 
20 rounds of coin flips, all right? So let's do this. Give the coin to a friend. You've got the $20. And what you're going to do is each time your friend flips the coin, before he flips it, he's going to ask you, do you want to play this round? All right? So you have a choice to play this round or not. If the coin comes up heads, your winnings grow by $2.50. But if it comes up tails, you lose a dollar. Okay? Understand how this works? So imagine that you were playing this game with me. I gave you 20 bucks. And I said, okay, I'm going to flip the coin. Do you want to play round one? Round one is uh, if it comes up heads, I'm going to give you 250. If it comes up tails, you got to give me back a buck. All right? So theoretically, you could give me back all $20 because I could, I could throw a, a tails 20 times in a row, but that's highly unlikely. All right? So you understand how this works. You win more if it comes up heads than you lose if it comes up tails. Now, Logically, I think you should see that you should play every round. So every time I offer to flip, you should take me up on this bet. Makes sense, right? I mean, the likelihood of winning and losing are the same, right? 50-50. But the reward for winning is far greater than the penalty is for losing. I hope you can see that because, again, if you get a heads, you get 250. If you get a tails, you lose a dollar. Got it? All right. So it seems like a very simple game. And I would imagine if I was in front of you and I gave you $20 and I offered to play this game with you, you would probably logically say, yeah, sure, let, let's do this. And I would start flipping. Okay, you want to play round one? And I'd flip the coin. Now you can skip around anytime you want, but I'm going to play 20 rounds. So theoretically, you could take your 20 bucks and go. You got that going for you too. What a great game this is, right? All right, now, believe it or not, there were researchers who played this game with people. Now they had three different groups. Group one, just regular normal people. And believe it or not, what they found was that your average person chose not to play more than 50% of the rounds. So I think it was only about 48% of the rounds they were willing to play. So here's what happened. They probably said, yeah, I'll play round one. And maybe they won. But then they started losing a couple of rounds. And suddenly they were down to $17, $16, $15. And so when the next round became offered, they said, no, I'm going to sit out this round. And as a result, on average, they had, you know, they had less than 20 bucks when they were done. They didn't play every single round, right? There were two other groups of people, though, in this experiment. So you had the normal folks. And the normal folks, obviously, maybe they got fearful. In fact, that's exactly what happened. They were tired of losing. The second group of people had a very unique type of brain damage. And these are people who are incapable of feeling fear. They just don't. Because that's you know great if um, you know, if you're going to be in a policeman or if you're going to be a um, firefighter or in the army that's probably not a bad thing to have although you know your ability to sense fear is a survival mechanism well anyway this group could not feel fear that's just the way their brains are wired they played 89 percent of the time so every time it was offered do you want to play they said yeah let's play yeah let's play they never processed the possibility of losing because they had no fear and as a result you can imagine they finished with a lot more money. The third group could feel fear, but they did have brain damage. They chose to play over 60% of the time. So this is interesting here. The most logical thing you should do is play every round. There's only a 13% chance that you're gonna have under 20 bucks if you play all 20 rounds. But if you choose not to play all the rounds, the chances of you not coming out ahead go up, particularly if you're already down when you stop playing. You understand? 
I'm pointing this out to you because something so logical as a game that rewards you far more when you're in than penalizes you when you're out, <laughs> or I should say rewards you far more when you win versus penalize you when you lose, it's such a simple game and we should all logically just keep playing. And yet the average person won't. At some point, the average person will experience a series of losses. It's a 50-50 coin flip. That means you could go heads, tails, heads, tails, but you could also go three times of heads and five times of tails. It happens. When you try flipping a coin 20 times, you will see that you're going to run these little streaks. That's the way it'll work. That's randomness for you. Randomness is not heads, tails, heads, tails. Randomness is heads, tails, 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 heads, heads, heads. It goes in strings because each coin flip stands on its own. Each coin flip has a 50-50 likelihood between heads or tails. Right, you know this. Right? I'm, not, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Yet our brain processes that differently. And so rather than say, well, yeah, keep flipping because the odds are I'm going to come out ahead. Even if I have the occasional loss, the, the win counts as two and a half versus the loss. Make $2.50 versus losing a dollar. Our brains, unfortunately, don't let us think that way. Emotion takes over. Fear takes over. So it's only those who don't experience fear who are actually able to be very successful in winning this game. So what's the lesson here? Well, guess what? Investments work in a very similar fashion. <laughs> in fact, they work almost the exact same way. If you look at the history of equity markets, this is what we've seen. We've seen that gains are far greater than losses. We've seen that losses tend to be temporary. Gains tend to be permanent. We see that being out of the investment world will hurt you more than being in the investment world because the declines tend to be temporary. Now, I can't use the word guarantee, but I will tell you this. It is your own sense of fear that usually holds people back. Now, whenever we are going through a losing streak, if you will, there is this belief that we're doing something wrong. You might be, but you know what? You may not be. A lot of times, it's just the way markets go. Now, I said earlier that once you accept the reality that the future is not predictable, personal finance becomes a lot easier, well, that will help you tremendously in investing. Because if I'm in an extremely diversified portfolio, maybe I'm in a series of index funds and I have 15,000 holdings globally, I have to understand that logically, they're probably going to increase in value over time. And just go back to what they were worth the year you were born. Chances are they were worth a fraction of what they are today. Had you been able to put $10,000 in them the year you were born, you would have had a lot more money today, significantly more. So we need to understand that. We need to understand that usually what is holding us back is ourselves. And I've talked about this before in the show. There's an entire area of study in most universities today called behavioral finance. It's a combination of personal finance and psychology. And business schools created this new discipline largely because they want to answer the question, why do investors do so poorly even when markets are up? And invariably the answer came down to fear that wired in each of us is a survival mechanism that usually gets in the way. Now, listen, you can't turn off the fear button unless you have the brain damage issue, right? 
You can't. It's who you are. It's what makes you human. This is why I emphasize that probably the only reason to work with a financial advisor is to help you counter your own emotion. Oh, sure, the logic and the information, those are great too. But really what it comes down to is you can, anything your financial advisor can do for you, product-wise, you can do it yourself. You know that. But where people tend to fall off is emotion gets in the way and they make bad financial decisions. It's kind of like when I work with my personal trainer. She'll let me do things. I'm like, why do I have to do this? I don't want to do it. Well, there's some pain and discomfort. The, the benefits are huge. And it would only take an outside person to show me that. Because left to my own, I won't work as hard. And that's the thing that we need to be aware of. So be aware of that. I've linked a couple of um, articles in today's episode to the issues of behavioral finance. And I've done this before, but I talk about this a lot on this show because I think it's one of the most important things that you can learn about and be aware of because it's usually the gray matter between our ears that are holding us back. So in today's puzzle solver assignment, I want you to play the game. Very simple. Now, if, if $20 is too rich for your blood, fine. You know, come up with another number. But here's, here's how I recommend you play the game. You already know the inside rules. So for you to play it as a participant now is kind of silly because you're probably just going to, even if you get uncomfortable at some point of the thought of losing the money, you're going to um, probably fight through it. What we need to do is we need to, to find somebody who is completely unaware of what I just shared with you. And I want you to observe them playing the game. All right, so here's how it works. Take one of your kids, for example. Maybe it's their birthday. This is a great lesson. If you've got a child or a grandchild, say it's their birthday, and you tell them, okay, Johnny, here's $20. Now, we're going to play a little game. You can take your $20 now and go away. Or we're going to play this game where I'm going to flip a coin 20 times. And if it comes up heads, I'm going to give you an extra $2.50. If it comes up tails, I'm going to take away a dollar. And I'm going to do this for 20 times. Now, if at any point in time you want to skip around, you don't want to participate in that round, that's up to you. Now, if you think this is a little bit too challenging for eight-year-old Johnny to comprehend, fine. Use uh, 17-year-old Johnny. But watch and see what happens. Watch and see if after losing a few rounds, he says, you know what, I'm going to sit this round out. Probably he's, he thinks that the quarter is hot. You know, the quarter keeps coming up tails. I'm going to sit out until it comes up heads. <laughs> Not logical thinking, but that's the way our brains will work. It'll be emotional. So f see how that. Now, remember, you got to be willing to give up 20 bucks. All right. In fact, you maybe have to be willing to give up a little bit more. That's why I say make this part of the birthday present. You're going to give them a gift anyway. Right. But observe it. Let's see what they do. Let's see if they start to exhibit these areas of fear that can prevent them from being a successful investor. Now, when you're done, please go over it with them. Show them how logically they should have stayed in every single time. Now, if you're giving them the $20, hopefully they realize they have absolutely nothing to lose. If you can get somebody willing to put their own 20 bucks up, that's probably going to be a little bit more realistic because the fear is going to be absolutely stronger. But I think any any teenager who gets a free 20 is going to automatically not want to lose it. All right? 
So give them 20, get a coin, and play the game. I'm going to flip this coin 20 times. I'm going to ask you each round if you want to keep playing. If it comes up heads, I'll give you 250. If it comes up tails, you got to give me a buck back. What do you want to do? And let's see how it let's see how it plays out. I'd love to hear your results. Shoot me an email, Dan at MatsonandCaprill.com. Love to hear what your results were on this game. But more importantly, I hope you learn something from this. I hope you learn how very often our own brains limit us from achieving success. That actually, if we could have the brain damage of not experiencing fear, it might make us a better investor. Now, it may hurt us in other areas in life, but we need to understand when fear is really kicking in as opposed to logic. So that concludes this edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, if at any point in time you want to reach out, feel free to contact me directly, area code 513-563-PLAN. That's 513-563-7526. Always feel free to go to my website, matsonandcapril.com. If you've never ordered a copy of your Retirement Rescue Toolkit, which has a plethora of information about how to protect your retirement, particularly from the overreaching arms of the IRS, uh, you want to do that. You can do that at that site at matsonandcaprill.com. You have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcaprill.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.